Hello, welcome back to Tales from the Tabletop, a podcast about assholes. Nothing. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. About assholes. All the assholes. They're usually <laughs> assholes. My name is Kayla Williams. I'm your favorite DM. And my name is Jeff Lunter, your forever festive DM. We're in the new year. We got to change things up every week. That's what we're going to do. First recording in the new year. Last one was recorded before the new year, but released after the new year. This one, we're actually in the new year. Uh, So glad to see you all again. Thank you for tuning in. We're we're changing up our our format a little bit, too. Um, We did bloopers on the last one at the very end. I know we haven't done that before, so that was fun. Fuck you, Jeff. I'm incredible when it comes to editing, but, you know, it it is... (sighs) Honestly, I love the idea of bloopers because they're mostly going to be you and I don't have to look You're like an idiot. You're so rude for that. This You're is, so rude This for is the that. only fucking thing I need to do. <laughs> He's so going to add, just listen for Kayla to go, and then we'll be fine. <laughs> he makes fun of me so much. It's because my etiquette isn't as good with recording because I don't have to edit it because I'm a princess. <laughs> so what if I'm like hawking loogies and yeah, he spitting into my that tin in. can? He did. <laughs> exactly. That happens at least 15 times Jeff an episode, does not guys. Care. You he, don't understand. He is looking for any excuse to tear me down. He hates to see a good bitch win. Yeah, we got to start at the bottom. We need to start, honestly, not the bottom. We got to start at equal footing. I'm also funnier than you, so there's yeah, that right. too. It's true. It's true. For now. For now. Until 2024, he... be funnier. <laughs> that is the only thing on his whiteboard for his New Year's resolutions. Mine says kick Jeff's ass. And that's going to happen. No, you can't. No, wait, no. We're having an in-person session in a few months. I don't like this. Kick Jeff's ass. So I guess I'll go first. I can't say the forbidden phrase anymore, so I'm just going to start. This one is called, Am I the Asshole for Kicking Someone from My D&D Group After the First Session by Sam and DJASPY, a spy. A spy? These these names are not meant to be read aloud, I feel like. (laughs) They look more appealing, like, on the page itself. Anyway, I, 32M, am a forever DM who has been playing for nearly a decade now, and I love DMing complex and nuanced world-heavy on roleplay. They just wrote that stupid. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that doesn't even, that doesn't make any sense. It's okay. (laughs) Some time ago, I started putting together a new campaign that I was proud of, an amalgamation of all the lore building and writing skills I had developed. Yeah, I'm sure you've been using those writing skills really well. Yeah, these writing skills are clearly working. Wish you would have used some of them here, my friend. I invited a few longtime players and friends and seeking to make up numbers to a party of four. We included a friend, 37 male, of one of the players. Okay, so a friend of a friend. From the get-go, he was a bit odd, super secretive about his character and kept telling me he had a story he was going to tell, but he wouldn't let me in on what he had in mind, despite me being the DM. And honestly, the snippets I did get seemed like run-of-the-mill white savior Mary Sue shit. No, 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 no. Please. No. Look. Here we go again. You don't need to surprise the DM, bro. You can surprise (laughs) the players. Like, I feel like the DM is, like, the perfect person to, like, disclose this information with because we can make you look cooler. The DM is on your side, y'all. They're on your side. Except for when they're not. 
Yeah, well, you know, I, I do try to kill you guys more often than not. I was listening to the Dungeons and Daddies live show this morning, too. And uh, when they introduced Anthony, everybody was like, woo, yeah. And then he said something like, fuck Seattle. And then they went, boo. And he goes, that's the energy I want. I want you to like me, but not too much. <laughs> that's my energy. You just want to be loved by everyone, Kayla. We know. Oh, it's so true. I mean, when I'm perfect, how could everybody not love me? <sighs> Anyway, he also kept adding elements to the story that involved dictating how certain parts of metaphysics slash magic worked in the world, despite that being a core element to the story. We pushed through creation and on the first session at the first sign of any conflict with NPCs, fishermen who wanted to purchase one of the party members, a talking crab. That's fucking cool. Whoa, what the fuck? Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I need to know the logistics. Is it a man-sized crab or is it just a crab who can talk? I mean, I believe the latter because that would be far more interesting. How but... human is this crab? <laughs> <laughs> Show me. Uh, he decided to let all hell break loose and lightning bolt the group of innocent fishermen. How innocent could they be? They wanted to kill my boy. They found a talking crab and went, we want that. Uh, we'll yeah, buy we're, it from you. We're going to eat Give that shit. That. That's going in a museum. What followed was the party attempting to flee and when cornered and given the option to surrender so I could get this shit under control in parentheses, he decided to escalate again and attack the guard captain requesting their surrender. Okay. Oh, yeah, immediately attacking the town guard. We're starting off so fucking well. We <laughs> love murder hobos. I don't know. I'm starting to see, starting to see a point here. No, what? Where? <laughs> they tried to kill my boy. They did try to purchase a crab. You no longer get to live. <laughs> Sorry, your life is forfeit. That's it. You tried to buy my friend. Disgusting. I ended the session normally, but shortly after, I sent him a message saying I wasn't comfortable with how he played the game and that I didn't want him to continue. He told me I was an asshole and that I should give him more chances, but even when we talked through an alternative, things he could have done, they were all like the same version of establish my dominance through violence. What the fuck is he playing? If he's not playing a barbarian, what is this? I have no idea. My god is Thor. I have a story. Let okay. him cook. <laughs> No, but go on. I don't know the guy. He is just some dude to me. I also run a D&D &D group as therapy for teens and children with autism. Whilst I witnessed a lot of cringe during this, A, I was getting paid for it. B, eliciting cringe was an intended goal of the therapy, in uh, parentheses, breaking down the game, social situations, out of game, and C, the kids were always super receptive to feedback. None of this is true for this guy, and I couldn't be asked with it. Am I the asshole for not having the patience and just booting him after session one? No, he's an asshole. You got to give this person a chance. I've played with so many people in the past that have been really difficult to work with but you have if you have at least like one person in the party who's focused on the objective things work yeah that's true i mean i i was joking a little bit too earlier when i was like let him cook because it is funny i guess we don't have the context of how the other players felt about it because if everybody's kind of like oh come on dude not a good group dynamic and if he wasn't willing to budge on it makes sense that he's not compatible with the group. Like if you're making people uncomfortable, I get it. I think 
I know he talked like him through being like, hey, what would you have done different? Maybe we can try something different next time. I think the fact that he wasn't open to feedback, the other player was kind of like, um, no, thank you. I think we were talking a little bit about this earlier off the mic, but it, it opens up an interesting conversation of like, what is your role as a DM in removing people from these social situations? You know, because I'm a bit big advocate of like, if it's upsetting you, remove yourself because that's the only thing you can control. But for the DM, like if a player leaves, the game can go on. But if the DM leaves, there's no game at all. It is an incredibly uncomfortable situation when a player leaves, though. Yeah. Was it even his responsibility to boot him, though, because he was a friend of a friend? How did the other players feel? There was probably a reason. Like he said, you said earlier in the story, like this person had a story he was going to tell. So maybe there was a reason he was acting this way and not even getting the opportunity to like play that out kind of ruins everything they're building towards. I see that. But also you have to loop in the DM. I know it's a big meme of like players versus DM. The DM wants to kill you and your dog, me. Mm, <laughs> I'm going to kill your dog. Are you the dog? Oh, okay. <laughs> like, are you the dog or the DM in this situation? I'm the one killing the dog. But genuinely, if you tell them the story beats you want to hit, like Jeff and I have collaborated a lot on me being secretly evil to the team, you know? And playing mm -hmm. behind the other players' backs. And because it makes a cool story to have the DM on your side because they can kind of, you know, they can either know to give hints to the other team members. Because if you're trying to play this evil person who's sneaky to the team, you're not going to randomly call out and be like, hey, can you roll me a perception check when it's the DM's job to run that game? Because the DM should roll a perception check to see if they notice your character being evil and give them opportunities because all about, you know, player agency, X, Y, Z, et cetera, et cetera. I started this with going, oh, you need to let the DM know everything. But there's a way for you to adapt what your character is going through and what their backstory is into how your character acts. And it seemed like that's where he was going with it right off the bat. And like, oh, my character's acting this specific way. And then sometimes, you know, I... Some of my favorite moments DMing are when I'm surprised by what the players do, which happens a lot in some of the like in the group that we have currently where I plan shit. And of course, things go off the rails as things do with DMs. But there are some things that players do that's so out of left field that at first glance, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Your character wouldn't do that. It takes a minute to step back and recognize where this person's going and not giving them more than one session to do that. Nah, that ain't right. I see that, but also, like, you've seen one, you've seen them all, in my mind. Like, you can kind of get a sense of where things are going. But you can't shut players down based on cliches. Like, just because you've seen it before in different sessions and stuff like that, just because you've experienced it in other forms of media, you can't be like, nah, you're out. Uh, yeah, maybe I just like I feel very defensive over my time and playing with somebody who expects you to cater everybody's play style to what they want to do seems annoying to me. That's fair. It's also really interesting that they were doing this in session one when most of session one is introducing the characters to each other if they're not already a part of it. And it's also introducing the players to the world outside of like, OK, well, here's the overarching thing. But this is like, boom, microcosm of where you are and what's going on around you. It's amazing that they had a chance to just fuck it up so quickly. But like I said, there's probably a reason. Maybe they're in the dude's hometown. 
I want to know more about that crab. <laughs> there was a very, it was glanced over very. Oh my God. Quick. How are you just going to gloss over that? A talking crab? I need more backstory. That's my main problem with these stories. I just, I just want to know about the story they're crafting and not necessarily the social conflict they're going through. We get a lot of really cool DMs talking about like, oh, boom, boom, boom. I have this. Here's what I have planned. And I think last week we were talking about a story that we really loved that was so fucking cool that we wanted to be a part of that players were just like shitting on. And that's that's a lot of these stories is we get a little bit of insight only from like the DM's perspective if it's like cool or whatever, but we want more. We need more. Oh, please feed us. <laughs> is this one of those ones where they jump in and everyone's like, fuck you, buddy. The main consensus was that this guy is not an asshole. Well, I don't know. I don't I don't agree. I, I flip flop so much. When I first read it, I felt like I was like, oh, yeah, the player is definitely an asshole. And I still kind of feel that way because of my like natural defensiveness. But I also can kind of see how this guy maybe should have put in a little bit more effort. I wish we knew more of what the other players were thinking, too, because it's not just about how the DM feels. Yeah, it's one of those snippets where we only get the DN's perspective, which I get. We avoided from episode one ones where people are just like jumping in and every player has something to say. And it's like, I'm the cleric. I'm the fuck it. But sometimes it helps to have that. And it's like, am I the asshole? And you're just like giving your side of things versus other people's perspective. That kind of ruins. I also find to people who want to play just like evil characters like that tend to lack role play experience and they're unable to play it in a fun way for people you know where it's like every single time you have a interaction with any npc it's hostile and it's like how did they live this long you know yeah but they also one session is too early i guess three sessions i get two is the magic number kick me out session one shame on me Kick me out session two, shame on you. Kick me out session three, it's a party. Shame on me again. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Shame. Shame. <laughs> shame. So this one is pulled straight from the RPG horror story subreddit because I am great when I browse Reddit and I only search this. But some are really good. And I there's a lot that I go through, Kaylee. You don't understand how much work goes into this campaign. Oh my god, you're in the archives, you're in the library searching through old memoirs. Although this one is 21 days ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is called The Shortest One Shot Ever, and it's by JoJo Warrior. That's why I should have called my fucking one shot when you guys all left. Did we talk about that? <laughs> we haven't talked about that story on the podcast. We have to. Oh, my God. I was running a delightful Halloween-themed one shot that was... Yep, yep, yep. Sco- everybody was Scooby-Doo characters, and it was super fun, and we get into the mansion... Uh, my one shots typically take about three sessions and they get there and they're like, what if we just fucking leave? And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, what if we just go? We don't we don't have to do this. And I said, is does everybody want that? And I was playing one of the NPCs and the, everybody was like, yeah, we could just fucking leave. I was like, I'll flip a coin to see if the NPC is on your side, which was Scooby. Yeah, Scoob, Scooby-Doo decided, I don't fucking like this. I'm out. And I oh, no, flipped he a spoke coin. like really intelligently. Yeah, it's because Shaggy was the only one who could talk to him because of like speak with animals and shit. Mm-hmm. And, and I flipped a coin and I was like, Jeff, call heads or tails. And he said tails. 
And that's what I got. So I was like, uh, I guess you guys are done. And that they, was the end of the campaign. And that then they the just of our one fucking shot. left. And then they just they went to a nearby tavern and said, good job, team. Good job, guys. It was too scary. I had, they, there was a second floor full of puzzles that they didn't even get to. See, that's my favorite thing is we didn't do it in a, a mean way, though. No, like, they, we were all they laughing were not. about it and having a good time. We weren't like, fuck you. We don't want to play this like that. I know better as a DM. I would never want that done to me. And you were a fucking sport for taking that and being like, yeah, it's fine. It was like you were like very on our side too. It was a very lighthearted thing. I was like, you guys were, I mean, yeah. Because we were seeing real go. ghosts. I was playing the character that's like, ghosts aren't real. Like the fuck? And we were seeing real ghosts and like people being murdered and getting backgrounds and shit like that. We're like, oh, well, we want the riches and stuff in this mansion. And then all of a sudden it was like, this is really fucking dangerous, guys. Let's go. I mean, you did throw two gargoyles at us the first, like the second we walked into the mansion. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was using Roll20 for the first time, so I was like, ooh, I can make tokens. <laughs> <laughs> I said like four hours making tokens for you guys. Anyway. Glad none of them were seen. On to the story. <laughs> Shortest one shot ever. This was circa 2007 or 2008 at uni. I was part of GameSock, which involved board games and TTRPGs. What the fuck is GameSock? Games OC? Oh, I don't even fucking know. A um, three five socks that play games. Fucking duh. Oh my god! If everyone like, if nobody played and you just had hand puppets over the table, and it was the the fucking hand puppets. Oh my god! Can mm -hmm. we do that? Yes, that's what I wanted to do when we go to the cabin. Don't say that. We have players that listen. Sorry, cut that cutting out. Cutting it out, cutting it out. <laughs> I'm going to like, but I'm going to keep me saying cutting it out because I don't want people to know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Um. No, why would we fucking do that? It's, it, that's yeah, stupid, that's Jeff. that's really stupid. That's a really dumb idea that we would never plan. We would absolutely never do that. I'm not cutting any of that out. Um. <laughs> A 3-5 one-shot was planned for a bunch of us who were good friends but didn't play TTRPGs together very much, as we were in separate campaigns at the time. There was good notice given to make sure everyone could attend. Enough notice that I was able to draw some of the art of the character I wanted to play. Oh my god. Speaking on this, I love... Like, having Kayla and having my partner and having like all the people in our campaign that we do, most of them are artists. And y'all draw some of the fucking dopest fan art of our campaign, and I love it so much. But no one cares. I think we talked about that. No one gives a shit about our art. I just draw us. shit to hurt Jeff's feelings. You did draw a lot of artwork that was my characters dying, or like some of my NPCs dying and getting stabbed. And I was like, it's fucked up, but I love it. Save in the folder. Maybe don't kill us, and I won't have to draw us dying, bro. <laughs> we have fun. A monk with a swashbuckling style who fought primarily by kicking and had a set of killer heels. Oh, fuck it's, yeah. Oh, oh fuck, fuck yeah. I'm in it. I'm invested. Let's go. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> I'm going where she's going. Or he. I support yeah. anybody in heels. Honestly. The plan was, though, that we'd stat the characters together to ensure a good spread of skills and to craft a sensible party balance slash establish roleplay relationships, etc. Look at that world building before the campaign starts. Fuck you, Greg. Fuck you, Greg. The intention was for this to be an all-day activity. My character isn't even important to this story. Only that I was keen to play them and was disappointed when things were cut short. The key figures here are the GM 
and the Paladin. We spend an hour or two shooting the breeze as we talk about characters, work out relationship dynamics, draw up our character sheets, and spend money on gear. The Paladin is a halfling on a riding dog. Oh, and as part of the... Oh my god, that's so cute. And as part of his purchases, he gets a ghost-touched lance, reasoning that the bid bad endgame is known to use necromancy and he's concerned about ghosts or wraiths being an issue. I can't remember, but he may have had levels of cavalier too. He was a holy person with a mount and charge attacks. The GM looks over all our sheets and purchases and okays everything. See, this is where 5e differs from like older editions like Pathfinder, well, Pathfinder's its own thing by Kobold, but um like things like like 3-5 and 4th edition and older campaigns is you had classes like the Cavalier and you had all these dope-ass classes that just don't exist in 5e and it makes me so sad. Yeah, that's why we, we homebrew, you know? Yeah, we homebrew a lot or we just steal like different, like I guess their way of making up for not having all those different classes is they're like... We have subclasses, though. Yeah, you could be a... So that's so complicated. DLC subclasses. I just want to turn my brain off. As the game starts, we're a group of pre-established adventurers being given a mission to go track the big, bad, endgame necromancer and throw down. His base is on a mountain, or in the woods, or something. We're going to have to make it through the wilderness to face him. We're ready for an adventure, and it. As we got out of town, a transparent figure of the Big Bad Endgame. Maybe I should just say BBEG. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's what it's typed out as. Hey, um, baby girl. Hey, baby girl. Baby girl. Okay, Peyton. <laughs> We're ready for an adventure. And as we get out of town, a transparent figure of the BBEG turns up and monologues at us. We let him get most of the way through it, but at the end, heckle him a bit. Ooh, get off the stage. We love talking shit to monologues or during monologues. Fuck you. DM, you wrote out this speech. I don't want to hear it. Fuck you. Once we've got the gist, the paladin says something like, away with you, bulgard, and says he's charging. The GM says the BBEG is intangible. The Cavalier directs attention to his ghost touch lance. The GM looks a little nervous, but lets the Paladin roll. Of course, he's also smiting evil. Why wouldn't you? It's a crit. He kills the BBEG. Oh my god. <laughs> we figured that this was a ghostly version of the BBEG or an illusion or something, not the BBEG himself. We're clapping the Paladin on the back and are about to set off into the forest to get the show on the road. But the GM goes quiet and nervous and says oh, the no. one shot is over since we killed the BBEG. <laughs> I could just imagine the look on their fucking face. The GM, no. Oh, you poor guy. Uh, like, you, this could is one of those, you could lie. You could just lie to lie. them. You could lie. You could have lied. Oh, no, honey. Good on the, look, good on the GM for being honest. Fuck honesty. so sad. Fuck, fuck honesty. Fuck honesty. <laughs> Never tell your players the truth. Holy shit. Oh, man. That's so sad. At this point, we realize that what happened actually happened and try to reassure the GM, as well as to offer solutions for how to proceed anyway. He insists that no, the BBEG was under a specific effect and was totally critical by a gross touch lance. The paladin even says that if it's going to end the adventure, he'd rather we retcon the hit, but the GM says something about wanting to be honest and that retconning seems cheap. 
He's clearly shocked and upset, and just talking more about it is making him feel worse. So oh, we all just no. sort of exchange a look and drop it. No, this no, poor guy. Stop, please. This is look. I was hoping this was gonna be a relief, but the more I read it, like this I read it, I was like, sad. "Oh, poor guy." But like considering what we went through last week, I needed a little bit of a lighthearted tale or something in the exact opposite direction. This is sad. Oh no! And his players were so on his side too. Like, dude, fucking like, just we don't do it. It's fine. No. It's no. It's I would okay. cry. I I would cry, and I would never DM ever again, dude. Oh no! We spend the rest of the day eating pizza and playing board games, and have a good time with that. Eventually, it was the GM to last up a all little day. too. Oh my it was, god! They were planning the whole day for this. Oh my god! Eventually, the GM brightens up a little too. No friendships were tested that day, but it was kind of weird and awkward for a bit. Much, much later, the GM admitted that he should have found another, some other way to carry on, but he had a very closed mindset about it, and as, yeah, but had a very closed mindset about it at the time, and just got unreasonably upset about it to the point where he couldn't continue. Wow, though, that was the shortest one shot I've ever been in. We spent more time on character creation than actually playing, and the only dice roll was the paladin's attack. Oh my oh, god! No. And they made art. I, I could understand they though. They made artwork of it, and they were just oh no. A lot of inexperienced DMs may not understand that they can just do whatever they want. You know, change his hit points, change that he was like a ghost or whatever. It doesn't all have to be by the book. I understand being shocked and embarrassed, though, and not really like wanting to play anymore after that. I mean, you're the one that literally says, I don't plan HP. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to die when I say he dies. Okay. That's just how it is in my book. Cinematically, this makes sense. Okay. This is how movies work. This is how my game works. If you think about the juxtaposition of the players versus the big bad, then. All right. Take off your nerd glasses. Okay. <laughs> they, we're already on a D&D podcast. I can see you without else. my glasses, dude. Uh, is that the whole story? Yeah, unfortunately. I'm glad they perked up, but oh my god, note. that would hurt my feelings. There's not really anything to say about my it. My favorite besides... reaction to people is just, I love the comments. That's the best part about it. It's like, wow, a horror story where there was no real bad guys, except the one the paladin killed. I'm glad you guys <laughs> oh, were so no. supportive. It's real hard to recover from thwarted plans if you aren't used to that skill. Oh, yeah, improv and being able to bounce back is definitely a skill you need to develop. And I hope it was a good lesson for him. And I hope it doesn't oh, yeah. discourage him from doing more stuff. It, oh, it, yeah. it sounded like he had great players around him. Even turning around at the end and be like, you know what? I should have handled that differently is just so much better than what, they're, what they've been doing. Like, yeah. very good. I, I think I have a lot of trust with you guys, too. So I feel like if something like that happened to me, I could just stop in the middle and be like, hey, guys, I... Don't feel prepared for this. Can can we figure something out together? And it wouldn't ruin anybody's experience. God, this is the sad. It's such a sad story. Oh, uh, well, I'm fucking depressed. You're welcome. Here is a story that I definitely found all by myself and had no help with. And yeah, no, I was very single... prepared. 
not a single ounce of help at all. It's called Sidelined by a Long, Long String of Duels. And it's on RPG Horror Stories by Earth Seraph Edna. I have just come out of a session wherein a couple of hours were spent on duels. Specifically, one PC is an exceptional duelist, a fantastic fighter all around, but a touch better at dueling thanks to duel-specific bonuses. So the GM decided to throw the player a metaphorical bone by having a major plot point hinge exclusively on this one PC fighting a long, long string of one-on-one duels. We were not aware of this before the session. It's another case of everyone having to sit there while main character gets to play their fucking campaign. One of my biggest pet peeves is like sitting there while my brain rots while waiting for everybody to take their turns. How do you keep players engaged when it's other people's turns? That is such a difficult thing to do. Uh, Yeah, I think you do a pretty good job because you typically have as a role for like social combat. And then also we bounce around quite a bit like, hey, while you're thinking of that, if you notice someone's taking a long time, like, let's just move on to the next person. Combat's harder. I know. I mean, we're all fucking you and I both. I don't know if you're ADHD, but nonetheless, like I can't focus. So it's rough. And I know I would be bored, which is why I'm just like bounce, bounce, bounce. Yeah, it gets to a point like I think we've talked about setting timers before as well. For certain people, because it's like, hey, if you're not going to have something ready to go, I'm going to move on to the next person and we can just circle back to your turn when you're ready. That's something I noticed hasn't happened since we've been playing Fate. Yeah, it's been easier. People like turns have been very smooth and easy because it's usually just like, I want to do this. Okay, let's figure out how we do it versus I need to go through a list to figure out how to do this so I can do it. Like it, it's a very different dynamic. Yeah. Definitely. It says the GM is also poor at multitasking and the other PCs were not allowed to interfere with or influence the outcome of the duels in any way. Why? Ugh. Why be there? That seems like a mistake. <laughs> that That's like that one scene where I had the captain fighting a fucking like giant mech or whatever in one of the i think it was the third season of our DD campaign it was so hard to keep that interesting for everyone oh yeah so i just had you guys fight and like you guys decided to just take it into your own hands and like jive and dive into the fight too yeah might as well punch some shit all the other pcs could do is mundanely cheer the duelist on no bonuses or anything like that The other players had their characters cheer every so often, but I just could not get invested in this, especially since the opponents were uh, statted so conservatively that there was never any real tension. We're watching a dude grind out a fucking RPG like he's just sitting there killing level one rats over and over again. Are you serious? I understand wanting to be on the side of like your fellow players and encouraging them and being like, yeah, do it. But like. I'm going to be so real. I do not give a shit sometimes. Like, I don't fuck. Like, if it's boring and I can't focus, like, especially, like, I could understand if they were role playing and I'm like, ooh, invested in that. But it's like, I do not give a shit at you rolling some dice for the stupid duel just because the GM couldn't figure it out, bro. 
The session ended just before the final duel, the longest and most complex of them all. So they have to do this shit again next week, is what I'm hearing. According to the GM, the next session will start off with resolving this one-on-one fight. I cannot stand this. I find it very boring to be sidelined for hours on end. I can see the GM's good intentions in trying to spotlight one PC, but his character was not exactly lacking in spotlight before. Why should the rest of the party be co-signed to twiddling their thumbs and being cheerleaders? How do you think I should have handled this? Clarification, being that this is a tabletop RPG said extra benefits when dueling are, in theory, primarily intended for quote-unquote regular group combat as the character isolates and squares off against a single opponent. What I find particularly flabbergasting is how the GM arrived at this decision to begin with. The character has not had any previous issues with Spotlight and is a fantastic combatant in any situation. And yet the GM at some point decided, hmm, I should have this major plot point hinge entirely on the character's extra benefits when dueling, which are just a minor part of the character's abilities. It seems like the GM just goes, oh yeah, you can do this. Your character class is called duelist. So you have to duel someone all uh, the time. Oh my Let's make God. it a character, like a whole major arc beautiful if you're going to do this if you absolutely have to just have a private session with the pc in question you know don't make these people show up like our our playtime is so limited (laughs) don't make these players show up right these players show up to just fucking sit there for two hours and it's like they don't I'm sure the player who's actually doing the duels doesn't feel great about it either because who likes to see a bunch of bored faces around you while you're doing this you know here I go guys I'm rolling rolling another d20 that would make me feel good time we're not saying that you shouldn't focus on individual players I don't think that's what you're saying like you shouldn't give players this like you should always give people the chance to have the spotlight for moments it doesn't always have to be a group thing but this is excessive like this is how many rounds of combat to just sit there and watch like that honestly anytime I play D&D combat is the weakest part for me because Mm -hmm. I like like I I, everyone knows we love role-playing but it's just it's focusing on that and focusing on what's going on around. I totally understand when players are just like, oh, no, my brain will literally turn into mashed potatoes if I have to sit there for too long. Even you don't have to stay on a scene with someone for 15 minutes. You can jump. Exactly. Or have the players like like zoom out while the duel is happening and just make like, OK, so for your next like. You're going to do 10 duels for your first three roll and we'll see how those like give me three rolls and we'll see how those ones go and then zoom out and see what the players are doing. Like maybe they're working on stuff behind the scenes or give them a side quest. Yeah, something happens to them while they're watching, like maybe one of them gets robbed and they're tracking down the person through the arena as the fight's going on. Oh, my God. Yeah. So many options. Things they do affect what's happening in the duel. Like, oh, we're chasing this dude through and we knocked over a thing of watermelons and now watermelons are falling into the arena. Like, just like, do something with the players, man. Me shaking the DM. Do something. Do something. I hate just staring at dice rolling for 20 or two fucking hours. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, like, 
I know people get in trouble all the time for stacking dice or being on their phones, but like I will die. <laughs> like I'll die if I don't have anything to do. Stack your dice. Do anything you need to, but don't be on your phone. Come on now. That's fucked up. It depends. Give, so, give your players a fidget toy. Mm, a fidget toy is very fair. Thank you so much for joining us for that episode. Happy New Year once again, everybody. Ugh, I'm enjoying it so far. The weather has been shockingly nice. Fuck you. We got like snowstorms. How did you get what? I know it's been fucking weird. I'm going to blame the lake and global warming. Um, really appreciate you guys sticking around. Please find us on all of our social media platforms. Uh, Tales from the Tabletop on everything. Uh, formerly Twitter is Tales from the TT. If you have a D&D horror story of your own that you would like us to read on the podcast, you can either leave it in our Q&A section if you want just like a little tidbit to give us, or if you want us to read your full story comprehensively, please send it to our email at talesfromthetabletoppod at gmail.com. So we are changing things around just every so often. We've been adding more and more to episodes, just make them sound as great as possible. Like little, little snippets here and there. You may notice things just as we're going, but we're learning. We're growing as a podcast. We love, like, I didn't know about the Q&A thing. And then you pointed it out and I'm like, oh, fuck, that's so cool. So we have added it to all the old episodes of the podcast. If you want to go back and leave a review on those. But also we did get some feedback on our last episode. So that's pretty nice. Thank yes. you guys for that. That was really cool. Thank you guys so much. It's so helpful. We are very much still like a fledgling podcast so any feedback we can get is great uh jeff and i are obviously very passionate about this kind of thing we love hanging out with each other as well so it's it's a good time and we just want to make a good product here we're kind of control freaks and perfectionists <laughs> so um yeah we're the sad 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 D people that host like can't change what they have planned and just have to accept that their one shot is over Oh, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, we are going to be doing next episode, I think. Either next episode or the episode after that. We have an interview planned. If you enjoyed the last one, it is going to be with Jeff's uncle. Yes, Tom Flanagan, incredible guy. I've known him my entire life. Um, and yeah, he's he's been doing this for many many years so. It's going to be really exciting to have an uh, really experienced dungeon master on our podcast to kind of guide us <laughs> please yeah, looking forward to that i hope you guys enjoyed the podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode leave a review leave a rating all that fun stuff find us on our social medias kayla is doing an incredible job over there making the best content possible because we're hilarious so funny if you made it to the end type jeff smells in our q a box oh god don't please <laughs> All right, bye, guys. Bye. Hot dog blanket. It is a hot I dog. I have a hot dog, dog blanket. Has... No, you do. Oh, fuck. Are you recording? I am. Good, I have bloopers. <laughs> fuck. I gotta watch what Ugh. I fucking say now. <laughs> Why is it a resolution? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is how I win arguments. I ah, woo. <laughs> Oof, I just okay. burped. Ew. Don't put that in. <laughs> <laughs> now you have something to be worried about. I'm so worried. I'm walking on eggshells, dude. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, we realize that what happened. At, no, at this point, real.
Fuck me.